On today's show, is Jesper Volstead the solution in net for Minnesota, and why is Cole Caulfield not scoring? We'll talk about that and a lot more in today's episode of Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, usually Sebastian and I break down everything prospects rated for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalakesh. Um, unfortunately, Sebastian is feeling under the weather, uh, so uh, it'll be just me for today. Uh, but we've got a good episode for you. We'll start off with uh, some talk about Jesper Volstead, um, in my opinion, the top goaltender prospect in the NHL, uh, who's currently tearing up the AHL. And um, we'll go into kind of whether he's the solution in net for Minnesota as they kind of struggle to get some goaltending quality right now. Um, in our second segment, we'll talk about some OHL prospects. We'll do a roundup of some OHL prospects that require some mention as of late. We'll talk about Luke Misa um, of the Mississauga Steelheads along with his teammate Ryerson Leanders in net. And we'll also talk about a pair of defensemen that um, kind of stand out from the rest of the pack here in, in, among these OHL defensemen uh, draft eligibles. We'll talk about Zane Parekh uh, and Sam Dickinson in our second segment. And then finally, in our third segment, I'll answer the question of why is Cole Caulfield not scoring right now? He's on pace for 21 goals on the season so far, and we'll get into kind of why that is. But before we get into that, today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app and use code Locked on NHL at checkout uh, in order to get $20 off your first purchase. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. It's always very much appreciated. So let's get right into it with Jesper Volstead, um, the goaltender that was picked in the first round 20th overall in the 2021 NHL draft by the Minnesota Wild. Um, this was a great selection, in my opinion. Um, I had Volstead set in the top five i was really high on this goaltender um everything about them uh, everything about his game you have to like i mean this is a goaltender who um covers his net extremely well um has has extremely good technical abilities but on top of that mentally he's one of the most sound goaltenders i've ever scouted um always stays ahead of the play mentally doesn't panic doesn't kind of falter when um he allows a bad goal that kind of thing um and those are frequent to start those aren't frequent to start with so i mean he's playing at a high quality um overall in terms of his technical abilities his mental game um and just his ability to skate around in the crease. I mean, he's got really good footwork, um, which is another thing that I really like about his game. Um, he's six foot three, two hundred fifteen pounds, about average size for a goaltender, especially in the kind of top end of these prospects. Uh, but yeah, he's been absolutely on fire to start the season with Iowa in the AHL. Uh, he's got a 935 save percentage, which is top in the entire AHL. You heard me right. Not just among his age group or whatever. No, this is the best goaltender in the AHL in terms of save percentage right now um, in, in that league. And he has a 2.04 goals against average through 14 games. Uh, really, really good stats. And, you know, the progression with him has been really interesting. Um, in his draft year, this was a player who um, played some decent minutes in the SHL, put up a, uh, a 908 save percentage um, at that level, um, which is really good for a draft eligible. And we're talking about a draft eligible playing basically 
first string minutes on an average team. His team went 12, 10 and 0. Um, so it's not like he was, you know, being aided by the fact that his team was necessarily good. Um, it was about an average team. He was putting really uh, putting up really good numbers. The year after, basically the same thing, but he um, but he put up a 918 save percentage with an under two goals against average um, at the SHL level through 22 games, in which his team had the same record, 12, 10 and 0. So he improved. His team stayed about the same in front of him. So yeah, this is a goaltender who has high quality to start with. We're talking about a player who in his draft year was playing these minutes in this league. Like That's already impressive. Um, then he makes a move to Iowa in the AHL last season and through 38 games, which is a decent sample size for a, a 21-year-old, 20-21-year-old. Um, he put up a 908 save percentage and a 2.68 goals against average on a team that was 18-5-5 and five, uh, in front of him. So, you know, decent numbers, nothing overwhelming. But now this season, he's absolutely taken off. And his team's 9-5-0. and oh, So it's not like he's manning a crease that isn't really occupied with shots. Like, he's taking a decent amount of shots. You look at the amount of shots he's facing. Um, he faced 43, he faced 45 shots uh, at the at the start of the year. I mean, he, he played two games at the start of the, um, of the month of December where he faced 41 shots and 45 shots allowed one goal in the first one and two in the second um uh and yeah a lot of games where he's facing a lot of shots and he's handling handling them extremely well um but now i mean you kind of contrast that with the fact that minnesota in the nhl is having a lot of trouble with their goaltending tandem you look at philip gustafson who's bang on at 900 save percentage um, you know, and, and has played more games uh, than Marc-Andre Fleury, who's the, you know, they've been sharing the net kind of equally. I think they have 19 and 15 games each. Um, and both of them are either at 900 or in, in Marc-Andre Fleury's case at, you know, about 880 as a save percentage. That's not good enough, um, especially with the team they have in front. I mean, Matt, Matt Zuccarello is playing extremely well. Matt Boldy's playing extremely well. Marco Rossi's kind of come out of his shell. Um, I would really, really like to kind of see what this team can do with, with Jesper Volsten and Nett. It's not like you have much to lose. I mean, these two goaltenders aren't performing up to par. You have a prospect goaltender who's just absolutely on fire down the AHL. Call him up. See what happens. See what he gives you as a as an overall kind of uh, quality of player. I mean, he's 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 clearly been able to handle the the pro level um, at this point. He's been playing in the pro level since his draft year, um, which you know again for goaltenders is extremely rare. A goaltender who plays in the SHL or the Finnish top flight, the Liga. Um, or even the KHL uh, in some cases, it's extremely, extremely rare to see those goaltenders first and foremost play like a, a decent handful of games, not like three, four games. We're talking 22 games that he played in both his draft year and his draft plus one uh, in the SHL. That's already, you know, something that's extremely rare, but to put up decent numbers in those games and not really struggle at all. Um, this is a player who can handle this, you know, higher level of competition and has been playing against this kind of, age of player his entire life essentially <laughs> i mean basically since he's been 18 i don't see the the i don't see the harm in giving him a try for minnesota but if you're a minnesota wild fan um comment down below and, and give me kind of your theories as to why yes revolsed hasn't seen a call up yet and whether you would like to see him get a call up given the way that philip gustafson and uh, mark andre fleury have been performing as of late and i remember i was pretty excited about philip gustafson last year um this was a gold a young goaltender who was playing extremely well in, in, in net for minnesota um, but it just hasn't been coming together this year and i understand that these are two goaltenders that you know you, you you've kind of bet your stakes on and you know you're, you're trying to give them the confidence of knowing that their job isn't at risk um but in mark andre flair you've got a what 41 year old goaltender um who just isn't keeping up with the league's 
tempo and level of play so far. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be very interested to see what, what ball set can do behind the, the really decent prospects that are, that are playing right now in Minnesota. Like I mentioned, Matt Boldy's playing really well. Marco Rossi's up his level. Um, Brock Faber for me is a sleeper for the Calder. This kid has been ridiculous. Um, so this group of players is really, really interesting. And I think that if you're going to build towards the future in Minnesota, I'd, it'd be a great idea to get another prospect in there in net this time who can work his way up, prove his worth and, if it doesn't work, what's the end of the world and sending him back down? I don't think there's much of a harm there. Um, but yeah, again, if you're a Minnesota Wild fan and you're listening to this, please comment down below and try to explain to me why Yes Rosslet hasn't gotten a shot in the NHL so far yet. Um, he's been really, really good. The, the games I've caught of his in the AHL um, were games where he wasn't just kind of a passenger. He was the he was the main reason his team was staying in games and winning them. Um that's major for a goaltender. It's one of the things that's the most important, you know, for a goaltender to be able to do at every level. And he has, I mean, dating back to the SHL, dating back to the world juniors um, last year, he was extremely impressive in the world juniors and was a big reason why Sweden made a big push. Um, so yeah, I'm fairly curious to know what your thoughts are about Jesper Valstead, whether or not he deserves an NHL shot an NHL shot and whether or not he's a savior in, um, in, uh, in net for Minnesota. I think he is, um, he's proved it at every level. So I'm curious to see what he does at the next one, but that wraps things up for this first segment about Jesper Valstead and whether he's the solution in the NHL. Now we'll get into a couple prospects in the OHL that are performing well as of late, We'll talk about Luke Misa, Ryerson Leanders, Zane Parekh, and Sam Dickinson after these messages from our sponsors over at GameTime. If you like to buy tickets last minute for events and don't know where to search, I want to present you GameTime. GameTime is a fantastic app that I've been using for the longest time. Um, GameTime has a lot of to offer in terms of last minute tickets. I'm a guy whose who's, uh, schedule changes wildly from day to day. Um, so I need an app that's reliable in terms of getting me tickets quickly, um, very close to the to the starting date, uh, the starting time of events. And game time is exactly that. Um, they're obsessed with finding you the best um, the best prices for your tickets. Uh, so whether that's you know concerts or music or you know obviously hockey games or any other sport that anything re- that requires tickets really, game time has you covered. Um, they got a bunch of deals to get you set up, um, including zone deals, which I find really interesting, where um, you pick the section and a game time picks the the seat and that gives you an average of about 18 percent of savings and the game time guarantee means that you always get the best price so if you find tickets in the same section and row for less than what game time has to offer game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference so take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on nhl for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply but again really easy just create an account redeem the code locked on nhl for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed all righty so moving on to our second segment we'll do a roundup of some ohl prospects we'll start off with luke misa who has been really really good to start off the year in fact he's the only prospects uh, he's the only prospect in this draft year that's in the top 10 for scores in the uh in the ohl uh, for goals uh, for points per game so he's at 1.57 points per game that's 44 points in 28 games including 13 goals and 31 assists this is a player who knows how to dish the puck um and a lot of his a lot of his playmaking plays start in the defensive zone 
Um, he is fantastic in transition, mainly for two reasons. First and foremost, he's one of the pacier, more speedy uh, prospects in this 2024 NHL draft class. He pushes the pace extremely well, knows how to get around players in ways that are productive, and not just kind of relying on his speed, but also he's able to cut across opponents, cut through them, go to the net, go to the middle. There's a lot of routes he can take, and the way that he changes lanes and transition um, is extremely solid. And it's part of the reason why he's putting up this many points is a lot of what he does in transition is he'll skate the puck either right into the offensive zone with a good route, or he's going to dish it off at the offensive blue line and then find a small pocket of space um, around the high slot or at the circle so that he can either make a pass to the slot or shoot from there. And it's been really effective. He's been playing really good minutes on the power play as well. He's been the, he's been their puck carrier on the power play. So um, he's the guy they drop the puck to so that he can carry it in and set it up. And he's extremely good at that. Um, but beyond just being a speedy player, um, you know, speedy players are worrisome in some elements for me. Um, what I mainly look at with speedy players is, is their brain at the same pace at as their feet? Is their is their brain able to keep up with their feet? Because a lot of what you'll see with with fast players is a lot of you know lost pucks, a lot of turnovers because they're skating at a speed that their brain can't keep up with. So the puck bobbles, they make a bad decision, um, they don't process the game fast enough, they get lit up and in, in, in center ice with a big hit. That's kind of the stuff you tend to see with the with the less kind of developed, less polished mentally um uh speedy players that that you'll see at this age but luke misa processes the game at the same speed that he skates and he skates fast so that gives you a good idea um of how good his hockey sense is this is a player who constantly takes in his surroundings um he's able to catch pucks in flight and then make a decision before he gets it so he's not behind the play mentally and he's not especially behind his feet mentally um, moves pucks quickly. He gets into space. He makes small kind of playmaking, small area playmaking plays that connect uh, the offensive zone in ways that opposing teams can't really keep up with. He, he's he's faster than them physically, but also mentally, which has really been impressive to me with Luke Misa. And so far for me, he's making a very very good push for the top fifteen. Um, not necessarily there yet. He's just a, he's just outside the top fifteen. For me, but there is so much to like about Luke Mises' game. He's not necessarily the biggest guy, um, but he, he's about average size, and he doesn't really put himself in situations where that's a hindrance, uh, which is another thing I look for with these with these, this kind of profile of players. Is he harming his game by putting himself in vulnerable situations? And Misa regularly isn't in vulnerable situations. That's not to say that he won't go into the boards and battle for the puck. His, his effort level is high. His motor's high. Um, he still needs to work out kind of the defensive zone elements um, and, and learn how to slow down a bit, um, especially heading back into his zone because he'll overskate some options, that kind of stuff. Um, but that's something, I mean, I'd rather teach a player to slow down than teach a player to speed up. You know, he's got that gear in this game. He's able to reach that speed. I'm excited to see what happens with Luke Misa. He seems very interesting. But I want to also talk about his teammate, who is uh, another draft eligible, this time in net. Uh, we've got Ryerson Leanders, who's been playing really, really good hockey uh, in net for Mississauga. Um, and you look at kind of his numbers. He's uh, tied for first in the entire OHL for save percentage with a 913. Um, and he's the first. Uh, he's, he's alone at first among draft eligibles. The other two guys are, are older than him. Um, but yeah, 3.09 goals against average in 20 games, which is not ideal. Um, but given a save percentage, you can kind of imagine what kind of games he's do he's he's having to deal with where he's facing a lot of shots. Um, because usually a goalie with uh, three or plus goals against average has a lower save percentage. 
Um, but Mississauga is allowing a lot of shots. And a, a lot of the time, the reason why they're able to stay in games is because Ryan Schillinders is so solid in goal. Um, the composure on this kid is is really impressive. Um, he's one of those kind of t- slightly undersized goaltenders, but he manages the crease extremely well. His footwork's really good, but it's really between the ears of Leanders. And that's where it really happens a lot with goaltenders in terms of who, who, who makes it and who doesn't. Um, and so far with Leanders, all the pointers indicate that this is a player with a really solid mental game. Um, stays composed in in pressure situations like uh you know low slot tips and rebounds and that kind of stuff doesn't really panic or leave his crease too aggressively um he's able to uh, stay composed and calm in one-on-one situations whether that's a breakaway or a shootout or a penalty shot or whatever it is he stays calm in those situations and is able to read opponents and make the right reads so yeah just a really really impressive goaltender overall um and, and for me i mean I, i've spoken with our goaltender scout uh over at Dauber Prospects, and uh, he doesn't seem really sold on his first-round value, but everything I've seen from Leander so far has been really impressive. So I, I wouldn't put it past him to make the first round as, as the first goaltender selected, but um, more likely than not, he ends up slipping to the second, mainly because NHL teams don't really like their undersized goaltenders, even though he's just slightly undersized. I think he's kind of six foot, 175 pounds, but eh, I mean, we know the NHL and how they feel about about bigger goaltenders they tend to go for those early um but yeah let's talk about a pair of defensemen in the ohl that i think at this point have really stood out from the pack among uh draft eligibles uh for defensemen it's uh, zane parek and sam dickinson um for me i've kind of flipped around we had this conversation a lot sebastian and i about zane parek versus sam dickinson who's better they're completely opposite players i mean zane parek is fantastic offensively and you know you can get a quick look at his at his point total so far in the ohl and and kind of immediately figure that out he's got 40 points in 27 games 11 goals and 29 assists um for the saginaw spirit in the ohl whereas sam dickinson's under a point per game i think he has 23 and 26 something like that so um you know parek is by far the better offensive player that's not even a debate to have he's just i mean every decision he makes on the puck is ridiculously solid um the way he jump starts transitions the way his shot selection is fantastic he finds passing lanes that no one else sees offensively amazing with great skating as well to, to kind of uplift that offensive ability um defensively i've seen some progress but it's still a, i'd say a below average element of his game whereas with with sam dickinson you're getting the best defensive prospect of this draft and probably the best defensive prospect I've seen in the last three or four drafts. He is ridiculous off the puck. Um, his ability to break play, break up plays, his ability to get involved um, in his own zone, uh, to, to stop cycles on his own, to clear the net front, everything about his defensive game, A+. I love that. Um, and offensively, I've seen him kind of explore his game a bit more. He's gotten a bit more comfortable with the puck in terms of breaking it, breaking it out himself, making these kind of longer range passes because his short range passing has always been good, um, especially with his back to the play on his backhand, for example, along the boards. Um, his ability to find these little pockets of space to play pucks into so that his teammates can skate into it and just carry the puck easily out of, out of the offensive zone is really mesmerizing. But um I was more worried about the long range, those those kind of, you know, cross ice passes, the uh, the ability to hit a player with a stretch pass in transition. Uh, it's gotten a bit better, but it's still a hindrance. Uh, but yeah, just Zane Perek's offensive game gives them an upside that as much as I like Sam Dickinson, I don't think there's really much of a debate there. So I've kind of swung around on those two. And I'd say Zane Perek is slightly the better defenseman, but they'd probably be back to back in my rankings. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, that's kind of the roundup of these OHL prospects I wanted to talk about for today. We'll get into our third segment where we'll talk about a big question here. Why is Cole Caulfield not scoring right now? We'll get into that right after these messages from our sponsors over at Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Connor Bedard could score 50 goals. Your favorite team could hoist a Stanley Cup. And you could win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports overall, and especially daily fantasy hockey. Because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. Um, all you have to do to, is to pick whether studs like Connor Bedard or Connor, uh, Connor McDavid or um, even some of these rising stars like uh, Adam Fantilli and Leo Carlson will record more or less than their sleeper projections for everything from goals, assists, saves, plus minus. Uh, and a lot more in any given game to win a hundred times your bet on sleeper. You need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You can win a hundred times your money by playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code locked on NHL and you'll get up to a hundred dollars match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code locked on NHL sleep sleepers. See sleepers terms of use for details and locational availability. Alrighty, so moving on to our final segment, we'll talk about Cole Caulfield and the reason why he's not scoring right now. Um, if you look at Cole Caulfield's season last year, he put up 26 goals in 46 games. Um, he had 36 points, so 26 goals and 10 assists for uh, for 36 points in 46 games last season with the Montreal Canadiens. And this, this season, you look at his totals... And it's absolutely not the same. He's on pace for 21 goals in the entire season, in the entire 82-game schedule. He's got seven goals right now in 28 games. Um, so you start to wonder kind of what he's going to be able to do this year because if he's not even going to reach his, his goal totals from last year with almost twice the amount of games played, something's going on. Um, so having watched a lot of Montreal Canadiens hockey um, over the years, uh, and especially this season, uh, as you know, I've take, as I've kept a close eye on Yuri Slavkovsky, um, I can tell you right now that the issue with Cole Caulfield isn't situational. It's not just the team struggling. Um, you know, obviously he's you know among the top goal scorers in the team overall in terms of abilities. But if you look at the stat sheet, and Nick Suzuki and Sean Monahan have more goals than Cole Caulfield. They've got eight each, and Caulfield's got seven. In fact, Caulfield's tied with Alex Newhook for for goals with seven, and Newhook's been injured for a while, and he still hasn't kind of exceeded him. So, you know, what's going on with that? Well. It's fairly simple with Caulfield. He's not taking one-timers as much as he was. Um, he's not become the trigger man option for Montreal on the team. Um, on the power play, especially, they've started using Caulfield's shooting threat. In fact, the teams overcompensate for his goal-scoring ability by pushing his way. Uh, they've used the Habs have used that threat to open up more possibilities, whether that's a shot from the point. Uh, from Mike Matheson or Sean Monahan at the net front, who scored a lot of his goals on the power play this way, um, or Nick Suzuki on his off wing uh, coming in and just ripping a wrist or top shelf. Those have kind of been the main shooting threats uh, from Montreal in the power play. So they've they've gone away from using Caulfield as their main trigger man, whereas last year, everything used to go through Caulfield on the power play. Um, and that was a, that was an issue with with the Habs power play, not just being able to set up in the offensive zone, but once they were there, they were just trying to find Cole Caulfield every chance they got, and it just wasn't working out uh, for them overall. But it was good for Caulfield's point totals. I mean, he, he put up a lot of his goals that way. 
Um, but what's been really impressive with Caulfield this season is how he's adapted to that. Um, he's got 13 assists uh, so far this season, uh, which is 10, was it's already three more than he had last year in almost twice the amount of games. So he he's dishing the puck out really well, and that's made him the the second the second point scorer on the team behind Suzuki overall. Nick Suzuki's got 22 points. Caulfield's got 20. Um, so it's not like he's not producing overall. He's just not scoring goals. This is an adaptive issue. Um, Cole Caulfield has had to adapt around different tactics and different systems, playing with different line mates. Um, yes, he's been stapled to Suzuki's wing pretty much the entire year, but there was a stint, a decent amount of games where he was playing with Christian Dvorak and Josh Anderson. And I'm just not sure what that does for his game because Dvorak's a bit of a jack of all traits where he's he can do a bit of everything, uh, but mainly you know, wins face-off, plays the defensive side of the game. Uh, and Josh Anderson was just an offensive black hole for the first, you know, decent batch of games. And still to this point, I think he only has like four points or something like that. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, he's at five points in 28 games. So he was just, he was hindering that team offensively, basically holding back any line he was playing on in terms of his off, uh, overall output. It's, it's kind of unlocked for him as of late. Um, but he was another issue with with um, Cole Caulfield's kind of situational uh, with Cole Caulfield's kind of situation is that he was playing with Limeys that didn't really uplift his skill set as much as he could. Um, and then Sean Monahan was moved to that line when Martin St. Louis finally kind of had it, had enough of Josh Anderson, uh, and we saw a line of Monahan and Dvorak with with Caulfield. It's just first the instability in line mates um, has been an issue. Uh, but also the fit of those linemates when he wasn't with Nick Suzuki. But even when he was with Nick Suzuki, um, the goals weren't going in, but he was making really, really good plays. And that's one thing that's really impressive with Cole Caulfield since his draft year is the progression. He went from a pure goal scorer uh, to a goal scorer who's able to move the puck to his, to a goal scorer who's able to move the puck and connect plays with with playmaking. And now he's he's genuinely unmovable on the puck. He doesn't get pushed off the puck at all. He's he's heading into physical contact um, kind of relentlessly and, and without any fear. Um, and yeah, he, he's he's gotten a lot stockier. So his game overall has improved, but Caulfield isn't scoring goals because the team has stopped revolving around him as a goal-scoring option. But I think it's only a matter of time before he unlocks um, a, a, a new level in terms of his goal-scoring ability because the shot is ridiculous. It is not normal for a player this size to be able to put this much power behind a release, and he does it effortlessly. Um, it's all in the mechanics with Caulfield. He's not a player who will rely on pure torque, on pure power, um, to put power behind a shot. We, we see players like that, like Alexander Holtz is one, Patrick Leine could be another, um, and a couple other guys like that. But with Caulfield, it's all mechanical weight transfer. Um, that makes a shot so powerful. His his you know his his edge work when he's moving from his back leg to his front leg on a shot is so good. Um, he can he can load his release either on his back foot or his front foot to start with. He can shoot off the handle. He can shoot one timers. Um, he's not necessarily good on the backhand, but we've seen him score a couple goals that way. But mainly with Caulfield, it's just. The mechanics of a shot are ridiculous. Uh, his whole body works together in order to create that release. So, um, you know, he, he's he's anchoring his foot really well, uh, but also his knee is 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 kind of bending inwards as he releases. His hips engage in the shot, and obviously his hands um, are extremely well placed. Uh, and and what's really impressive with Caulfield is you watch his curl and drag shot, his ability to pull the puck inwards and shoot it. That's another shot that he hasn't been using as much this year. 
Um, but another shot that he's really, really good at. So there are so many different levels to Caulfield's goal-scoring abilities and so many different ways in which he can fool goaltenders that I don't think Haps fans really have to worry about the totals right now because that's bound to change. Um, I think Caulfield at his prime is going to score 50 goals without any doubt. It's just that right now he's not necessarily on a team that has the firepower to help him out. But also, he's not necessarily put in a position where he's been he's being used as a finisher, as a pure goal scorer. Um, his line has basically has, has led him to adapt his t- his game a little bit. And since he's been paired to Suzuki and uh, Uri Slavkovsky on the first line, those three play really well off of each other. Um, and it's just a matter of time before Yuri Slavkovsky's playmaking and Nick Suzuki's ridiculous transition ability combine to put Caulfield in a perfect position to take a shot, um, you know, f- from the high slot or, or from the low slot even, uh, where he's just ripping the puck top corner as we all know he can. But that wraps things up for today's show. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. For your second listen of the day, make sure to check out Locked On Sports Today. They've got all your news and updates about what's going on around sports. And make sure to tune in for our next show as we continue our process coverage with hopefully Sebastian back and healthy. This has been Hattie Kalakesh with Sebastian High and we hope you tune in next time.